Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right, y'all. It is Super Bowl Sunday. I'm actually going to have two pods today. I meant to record this one yesterday. I've been having some technological troubles, but we persevered nonetheless. I was going to do a big Super Bowl preview segment, but because most of you aren't going to be listening to this until Monday anyways, it kind of feels pointless. I will say that I am absolutely desperate for my football teams to get back into relevancy as a Broncos fan, if you're a CSU supporter, it's it's been really rough post-2016. I am excited for the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong. I just can't help but think, man, I, I miss my football teams playing relevant games and being in the conversation. So off of that, we're going to talk about college football realignment. It seems to be being expedited due to Texas and Oklahoma. They're going to bolt for the SEC in 2024, a year early. And there's already rumors circulating for the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and what they may do in response, who they could potentially target in expansion now that they're both losing core members. The Big 12 already went out and got some of those AAC schools. But let's be real, adding Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, that does little to make up for what you lost in Oklahoma and Texas. They were the Big 12. As far as the Pac-12 goes, they're in a very similar boat. You lose two of your biggest brands in USC and UCLA. How committed are the remaining 10 to staying together and figuring out a new path forward? Or, you know, are they in the back of their minds looking for other options as well, whether it's the Arizona schools going to the Big 12, Oregon and Washington being pursued by the Big 10, maybe even Stanford? I don't know. It feels like we're in a place of fluctuation with college football. It's a fluid situation that's going to constantly be changing. Because of that, it's tough to truly forecast how all of this is going to shape out in the end. You can make an educated guess based on the information that we have so far. But the truth is, a lot of these rumors are BS anyways. Very few people are actually sourced when it comes to conference realignment. These are university presidents, heads of ESPN, Fox, those type of people that are making the decisions. So a lot of this info that comes out or leaks, I say, in quotation marks, you have to take it with a grain of salt. It's fun to talk about, especially on this pod. It's tremendous off-season content. I'm just saying beware of the random sources that are going to pop up online and 
claim to have the big scoop on confidence realignment because the the likelihood of it being accurate is very slim. And I think with a lot of these guys, they're just trying to make an educated guess, throw a bunch of darts at the board and hoping something hits and taking a victory lap when it does. Anyways, keeping all this in mind, you know, taking all of this with a grain of salt, the rumors online of late are that SMU and San Diego State are the popular G5 expansion targets. And those are the schools that the Pac-12 could be potentially eyeing to bring themselves back to 12. Obviously, they're going to be the Pac-10 without USC and UCLA. But my instant reaction is that those two schools make a lot of sense. You look at San Diego State, what they've done on the basketball side, it's incredible. Obviously, San Diego, very desirable. I don't know how much the community itself actually invests in SDSU. It's not a true college town like Fort Collins is. But it's clearly a premier destination. It's a good school, and they've had a ton of athletic success. I mean, the football team has not had a losing season since 2009. They've made bowl games in 12 out of the last 13 years. 2020 was the only exception, and even then, they still went 500. They're not the flashiest group. Even with all this success, they haven't popped the way Boise State has when their offense has been really good, or even the air raid under Norvell. Utah State with what they did the last couple years, Fresno State, Jake Hayner. All those teams have been more fun to watch, but the success is there. 2021, they went 12 and 2. 2019, 10 and 3. 2017, 10 and 3. 11 and 3 before that in both seasons. If the conversation is, what have you done for me lately? San Diego State has won and they've invested in their athletics, Snapdragon Stadium. I know there were some problems there with the debut. It was a million degrees and they didn't have enough shade and all that. But it didn't need to be perfect. They just needed to make a statement as a university that they were committed to athletic excellence, that they were willing to make that financial investment moving forward and and kind of show, you know, we are about this. And long term, that's just going to be so much better for them than playing in a 90% empty former NFL stadium. The showdown was cool in Denver because you had 70,000 people in the stands. You had representation from both fan bases. If CSU or CU played every game in that stadium, though, it would be more than half empty the vast majority of the time, and that's depressing. From a visual standpoint, it's just so much more aesthetically pleasing to see a college stadium. So I'm not surprised that San Diego State is the hot team out of the Mountain West that's getting rumored. With the right resources, San Diego State feels like an athletic department that could really take the next leap, kind of like TCU did in the Big 12 or Utah in the Pac-12. And if you're just betting on upward trajectory, I feel like San Diego State, the best could still be ahead of them. Whereas Boise State, to me, it, it seems like the best is behind them. That 2011 was kind of the peak. Don't get me wrong, still really impressive athletic department, really competitive but they failed to strike when the iron was hottest. And now from a national standpoint, their brand just, it it doesn't hold the same weight that it used to. I will say that they seem to have a very proactive athletic director for the first time in quite some time, and that's going to be big. But they didn't take advantage when they had the most momentum. And really, you could say the same thing about CSU. The Rams dropped the ball post-McElwain. There's really no other way to look at it. They had all this positive momentum. They used it to get the new facilities. But unfortunately, they've done nothing since that. They've done nothing to take advantage of that. And that's really a shame because if they just had consistently won, not necessarily been a national powerhouse or something unrealistic like that, but just had been San Diego State, 
a, a program that hasn't had a losing season in over a decade. I'd have to think that CSU would be the hot G5 expansion candidate. You have a tremendous college town. You have a school that did make the financial investment to improving its facilities. I think Canvas Stadium, despite the fact that they haven't had the success yet, was the right decision. CSU is a good school. It's not Harvard, but it's a good school. It would be attractive as an option, especially, I think, for the Big 12. And as far as geography goes, I think they would be a great fit for the Pac-12 or the Big 12. You have DIA, the international airport, it's easy to get to. It's not like trying to get to Boise or Pullman, Washington, or some of these places that are inherently really challenging just because of where they're at. It's a very central location, and it opens up Denver as an option to host you know, championship games and stuff like that. There's just so many reasons to realistically believe why CSU would be a good fit and a desirable target for expansion if it were to come to that. The only thing they don't have is the winning. And unfortunately, while they are forecasting upward trajectory, and I do think part of the equation is, you know, what is this school going to look like in the next 10, 15 years, and not just necessarily what are they right now, you do still have to have enough juice to at least be somewhat splashy as a headline. I mean, they have to feel like it's a a win and something that helps the conference now, not just, you know, what it could be in 10 years, especially in the modern era where it's basically become an arms race and the gap between the SEC and Big Ten is just getting bigger and bigger by the year. The Pac-12, the Big 12, whoever it may be, they don't have time to sit around and fantasize about what ifs to an extent. It's what have you done lately and what can you do for me now? And so for CSU, I just think it's it's simple. They have to win. It's now or never. If you are going to be the team that is able to kind of get out of this G5 era and you know make the jump up as we move into this next era of college football, whatever that looks like, they've got to prove that it's not just selling the future for CSU. It's an addition that would make their conference better right now. The way you do that, the way you earn that respect, that reputation, however you want to phrase it, it, it's winning. It doesn't even take that long. Nobody gave a damn about UCF my entire childhood. Central Florida, I mean, South Florida had a rise before UCF did, but they got hot and then was able to sustain some success on top of that. I mean, it wasn't 13-0 and every year, but they were competitive. And now they're in the Big 12. That would have seemed absurd even a decade ago. But the conversation can change fast if you win. And for CSU, they can do that same thing. They can change the narrative. They can become nationally relevant again. But it all comes down to winning. You can have a cool college town. You can have a gorgeous university with all kinds of selling points. But if you can't compete, none of that matters. Unfortunately, I think CSU has the right staff right now. And I think they have enough talent in this program to really drastically improve these next couple of years. I'm not trying to get on here and say anything crazy or anything like that, make any bold proclamations, but I believe in what these coaches are doing on both sides of the ball. I can see the talent that they're recruiting. CSU's a sleeping giant, but it's time to wake up or we're going to get left behind. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of hoops. I don't even think I mentioned this in the intro, so not a great job by me, but I'm going to Give an update on what's happening around the Mountain West Conference on the men's basketball side. I'm going to preview this upcoming week, highlight some of the key games. There's some big ones as far as CSU really, really would like to avoid that 10-11 matchup of the Mountain West Tournament if possible. So I'll kind of go over some of those key games that Ram fans should keep their eyes on 
uh, potentially could impact CSU. Real quick, you're running out of time, but are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Check out what prop will be boosted. I'm really excited for this game. I've talked a lot about having confidence in the Chiefs. I think the Eagles, you know, when you they have a better offensive line, I love their defensive line. I just can't go against Mahomes. That's really all it comes down to. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They are free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Finally, the most rewarding thing about DNVR is seeing the connections made to our listeners in this community. Green Mountain Dental is an OG partner of ours and major Colorado sports fans. They have been supporters of DNVR since the very beginning. We've had countless fans, our own staff even, convert to Green Mountain Dental, and they've never looked back. Located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver in Lakewood, CSU alum Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry like regular cleanings, orthodontics such as removing those pesky wisdom teeth and everything in between. And what's really cool is Green Mountain Dental has a few offers for the DNVR fam. If you tell the team that DNVR Sports sent you, you can get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. If you mention DNVR Sports, you can get a free set of bleach trays, a $350 value with a new patient cleaning exam and x-rays. Lastly, for all hygienists out there, Green Mountain Dental is hiring. Full and part-time positions are available. They're willing to work with your schedule as well as offering a great benefits package with healthcare and PTO. To make an appointment or find out more information, check out their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com today. All right, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some CSU men's basketball, the Mountain West Conference, everything in between. The Rams were off this weekend but they did not get any help in the standings. Air Force takes down New Mexico 89-77 to on Friday night in the Springs, just a couple days after losing to CSU by 16 at home. This Falcons team, they're streaky. I mean, they're 13-13, 4-9 and in the Mountain West, but when they're hot, they can be trouble for anyone. Like, they are deceptively really competitive. And I gotta admit, I thought it was weird that they decided to bring Joe Scott back as head coach. I didn't really understand it. I think I even said it was a a lame decision that didn't make sense. I mean, I didn't understand when they moved on from Palopovich in the first place. But credit where it's due. Scott has this young team. He's flipped the roster. And he has this young team playing good basketball right now. They're competitive. They run that Princeton offense really well for a group as inexperienced as they are. They rebound better. That was a big key in the win over New Mexico, as it was in their win over CSU and Fort Collins. It really would not surprise me if Air Force ended up upsetting somebody in the Mountain West tournament. And really, the Mountain West tournament as a whole, it's fixing to be incredible. I'm 
I'm really, really intrigued by what might just be pure chaos. And hey, I mean, that that could really benefit a team like CSU. Maybe some higher seeds get upset early. You know, your path to a title becomes a little bit earlier. Who knows? It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But these next couple of weeks are going to be really huge, both for CSU and the Rams trying to figure out what type of seeding they'll have in Vegas and for some of these other teams who are trying to solidify their at-large opportunities. I mean, if you're New Mexico losing to Air Force by double digits at this stage of the season, that's going to sting. That's really going to sting. They fortunately still have some quality wins. San Diego State, St. Mary's on the road. Those are both great wins. But they're 6-6 six and six in the conference right now, and they still have some pretty difficult games remaining. The Lobos are on thin ice, as is Utah State, who lost to San Jose State. And, and what can you say about the Spartans? 15-10 and 10 overall, not great, but compared to what they've done in previous years, I mean, it's leaps and, and bounds better. They're 6-6 six and six in the league. They've got some guys that can get really hot and, and score. I mean, they're inconsistent, but they've got some guys that on any given night can get hot and beat you. I wouldn't exactly want to play them in the Mountain West tournament. And that's the thing about, really, this league. There's probably eight teams, I would say, that are capable of potentially making a run under the right situation. It would have been nine if Wyoming didn't have all these injuries and get absolutely decimated. But it's cool to see the parity from top to bottom. It might ultimately hurt the conference in terms of the amount of bids that they get because the Mountain West, unfortunately, just doesn't get the credit that it deserves for being as challenging as it is and you get rewarded for being 500 in a league like the ACC, you don't in the Mountain West. But it makes for a really interesting product on a night-to-night basis. Anybody can beat anybody. I'd rather have that than what the perception of the WCC was for the majority of the last decade. It is not the case this year, but it's Gonzaga and everybody else. It's a deep league, and you have to be great to really make a run through it. And I think that's what makes me appreciate what CSU accomplished these last couple of years even more. This is a quality league. And if you really pay attention to it, it's a lot of fun to keep up with. So in that in mind, you know, between February 13th and 19th, we've got some big games kind of coming up that Ram fans should keep an eye on. And the first of those is Tuesday night, Air Force at Utah State. That's a 9 p.m. tip on the Mountain West Network. Air Force currently one game ahead of CSU in the standings. They are the 9 seed. CSU, the 10 seed, would really like to, you know, get out of that 10-11 matchup. You have an opportunity to potentially, you know, get that 7-8 range. Uh, Fresno State, 5-8. and eight, UNLV, 5-8. and eight, And then it jumps up to San Jose State and New Mexico at 6-6. Six and six. Probably not going to catch those teams. Just too much ground to make up with not enough time. Unless one of them just falls off the face of the earth and like ends the regular season on a four-game losing streak or something like that. And it could happen. Wouldn't bank on it, but maybe... But those teams that are, you know, just in an earshot within one, two games, you've got a shot there. Last time the Air Force and Utah State played, the Aggies won 77 to 65 in the Springs on January 3rd. Air Force got into big time foul trouble that night. Utah State shots 27 free throws. Air Force got worked on the glass, which is always a big key with them when they're in games. They're competitive on the glass. They were against CSU the first time, at least. So that's an interesting matchup. You got nothing going on Tuesday night. The Rams obviously don't play until Wednesday. That's a big one for CSU as well, hosting Boise State. If the Rams could somehow find a way to pull out a win in that one, it would be huge for their ability to potentially avoid that 10-11 game. But we'll get more into that matchup specifically in the coming days. This is more about the rest of the league. On Friday, Air Force is in action again. So they play Tuesday and Friday, both on the road. They play at Utah State Tuesday, then at Wyoming on Friday. 
there's a real possibility where the Falcons go 0-2 this week. If they go 2-0, it's it's a wrap. I don't think CSU will be able to catch them. But Utah State is one of the toughest environments in the conference. Their students are always really engaged. The Glenn Smith spectrum or whatever it's called. And then Laramie, I mean, it's it's still Laramie. It's in the winter. I think there's going to be a snowstorm, so travel could be challenging for them. Who knows how much rest they're going to have. I mean, Wyoming's still playing hard despite everything they're going through. The last time that these two teams played, Air Force won 82-74 on January 17th. Falcons got really hot, especially from deep. Um, Wyoming just played pretty discombobulated, a lot of turnovers. We'll see if they can redeem themselves in this one, but it's going to be tough. They've got seven active players. Active players, not just scholarship players, active players. Linder dismissed the three Pac-12 transfers last week. That's been this whole big dramatic storyline. We'll see what happens there. Based on some of the stuff I've heard, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I was in the preseason talking about hearing about issues between Linder and the Pac-12 guys, and they're just being a disconnect. It kind of seems like they came in thinking they were going to be hot shit. Didn't work out that way. Of course, there's two sides to every story. I'm sure to an extent, these Pac-12 guys feel like there were broken promises. You know, Wyoming coming off of the season that they had, I'm sure, you know, what they were selling on the recruiting trail is, you know, we got Maldonado and EK coming back. We had you guys, you know, a couple key pieces to the puzzle. We're going to run through this league. And obviously it didn't play out that way. Some of it is bad luck with the injuries to EK and Maldonado and now Hunter Reynolds. And it's, it's just been a disaster. But that Wyoming team, they're going to be crawling to the finish line because their lack of depth is just going to be so challenging. I'm surprised they haven't added a walk-on from the track team or something like that. Shout out Juan Sabino, circa 2016-17. The walk-on that the Rams had to add under Larry Eustacey when they only had seven active players due to three players getting academically dismissed at the semester. Anyways, I got sidetracked here, but despite the challenging situation, Wyoming actually played pretty hard against Boise State over the weekend. And Laramie is always a challenging place to play, as is Utah State, so we'll see what happens with that two-game stretch for Air Force. Another key game, Nevada at Utah State. That's later in the week. That is Friday night as well. The Wolfpack likely need to run the table to have a shot to win the league. They're currently one game behind San Diego State, but they do have a win over the Aztecs, which is huge. I gotta be honest, I didn't see this coming. I mean, most of us didn't. Nevada was picked eighth in the preseason poll. They lost a ton of talent to the uh, transfer portal, but in hindsight, it was an addition by subtraction scenario. I saw somebody tweet out in reference to this, the Cambridge brothers and Grant Sherfield obviously left Nevada in the offseason. Sherfield's at Oklahoma. The Cambridge brothers went to Arizona State, both of those teams struggling. All those players talented, but they weren't team-oriented. And I think we're seeing under Alfred this year a Nevada team that collectively plays as a unit. And the turnaround that they've had has just been really impressive. So I want to credit Steve Alfred where it's due. I certainly thought that at this stage of his career, he was just kind of coasting and cashing paychecks. I was not impressed with anything that he had done at Nevada so far. Kind of seems like he maybe just had a bad group of guys with egos. That's the thing about basketball, guys. That's so hard. It's not just a matter of recruiting talent. It's being able to recruit the right individuals that are going to mesh together and work. And that's what Medved and, and the staff have been so good about over the years. It's not just finding talent, but finding guys that will fill specific roles. Being able to evaluate someone's character, who they are as a person, how they, what kind of teammate they're going to be, that's way more challenging than kind of forecasting, are they a talented athlete? Can they make shots? 
But I've been really impressed with this Nevada turnaround. Again, I do think they're going to have to run the table in order to keep up with San Diego State, and they're still going to need the Aztecs to drop one on top of that. This Friday is a big one, though. It's kind of a trap game for them going into a hostile environment. Utah State, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. If they just get flukishly hot one night, then you're kind of screwed. Like, what happened to CSU? It doesn't matter what you're doing. Really important game for the Wolfpack, though. After that, you get San Jose State at home, which you feel good about at home, despite the fact that I was just talking about the Spartans. You go to Fresno State, kind of a tough one, maybe, but they don't have much of a home atmosphere. At Wyoming, tough trip, but not the toughest opponent. And then they close against UNLV. And that's the loss that you're kicking yourself if you're Nevada on the 28th. They lost to the Rebels 68-62. to They had like 20 turnovers. That could be the one that really costs them an opportunity to push San Diego State for the title here. Looking at the Aztecs' remaining schedule, they feel pretty good. I mean, they go to Fresno State, then they host CSU at New Mexico, at Boise State. That's a tough stretch. And then they finish with Wyoming at home. They'll be favored in all of those games, but trips to New Mexico and Boise are interesting. Should be a fun couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to talking about all of it, looking forward to the Mountain West Tournament. I'm really interested to seeing how this league shapes out like four through nine. I know most people will be paying attention to the top, but as a CSU guy, that's where my head's at right now. Anyways, that's all I've got for this portion. going to record another podcast after the Super Bowl, I think. We'll see. Might wait till Monday morning. Probably will be dependent on how many brick brews I have during the game. I hope everybody is having a fun day today. Hope everybody stays safe and uh, stays warm. Looks like we got another snowstorm coming in, of course. But that's all I've got for this one. Shout out to you. Shout out to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code DNVR when you sign up. Much love, y'all. Peace. With the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non